Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Please, can you turn to somebody and welcome the person again to the study of the word of God today? Welcome the person very warmly. Tell the fellow you will be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, prophesy to the person, you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, you will please him in all respects. Prophesy to the person, you will bear fruit in every good work, and you will increase in the knowledge of God. Prophesy to somebody. All right, in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, let's take our seats quickly. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, um, last time I, was, I began to say something about uh, purification. Remember that? Yes, and um, of course, we, we ended up talk, doing uh, mostly talking, and I'll try and um, get straight to the prayer today so that we can rise and declare God's word together. But something happened on Sunday when I was teaching uh, in Makodi. I, I preached something which was quite interesting to me, and I think it's just in line, <laughs> well, I just feel like sharing it with us briefly, you know, as a preacher, at least that's how it's been with me, and many ministers like that. It's as, you are, you are, as you are teaching, things just start coming up in your spirit. And it's such a blessing, okay, um, to even you, and not just those who are listening. Sometimes the first time you are thinking about those things. That's, with that background, that's where the thing came to me, and I taught it there. Nothing new. It's just the way I presented the facts. I just felt like it would fit what we are teaching today, and then we take it off from there and go into our confession of the Word of God as part of our prayer for today. Now, let me emphasize again, in our school of prayer, what we are doing is learning how to pray. We are trying to create a habit. This is not a prayer meeting. It is prayer school. There's a difference. A prayer meeting is just to meet to pray. A prayer school is a place you come to learn to pray. So my desire is that the things that we do on Tuesdays, you create them into a habit. When we declare God's word like this, please go home and book the tape. Or You know, you, know, you can even get it free. You can download it. You can have somebody all right, copy it for you, whatever. Okay, but make sure you book the CD so as to get that confession into your own personal life. Take it like breakfast. You no, know, the other day we talked about the fact that Christians don't eat well enough. A lot of people are malnourished, malnourished, thoroughly malnourished. What I mean by malnourished? They don't have a balanced diet. They don't have carbohydrate. They don't have proteins. They have. They may have protein. They don't have enough vitamins. All right, it's a problem with Christianity, and that's because people don't understand what nourishment is. Nourishment in, in as a believer. It's not just to read the Bible, all right? It's good to read your scriptures, but it's to take the word and put it upon your lips. That's why he said that in his law, he meditates day and night. He doesn't think about it, but he puts it upon his lips. The word meditate in the Hebrew means to mutter. That's why I said that, in, I mean, if you see, when God was talking about how to make the word penetrate, he said you will talk about it. You know, it's something you put on your lips. That's why he said, this book of the Lord, law shall not depart from your mouth. But in it, you will meditate day and night. Meditation is about putting something on your lips. And that is how you eat as a believer. Regularly, you feed yourself with the word. It's not just about learning scripture now. It's about 
you know, releasing the power that is inside that word. How you talk constantly. You are always feeding yourself. It's very important. You know, the other day, that was, we talked about the fact that Christians, you eat properly. All right? Create a menu for yourself. When people are too fleshly minded, they go on all kinds of diets. You hear, the, of course, the most heretical of all of them is one they call hallelujah diet. To me, it's, it's heresy. It's heresy. It's taking the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It's bad. If you want to do that diet, withdraw the name hallelujah from it. What it's doing is that you are polluting... <laughs> You are putting a good thing. You are putting credibility, all right, with the name, hallelujah, on something that's very fleshly and ungodly. It's not good, it's not bad, it's not evil, it's not kind, it's not righteous, it's not satanic, it's not godly, it's just food. You know what I mean? So don't put hallelujah on it. Every food deserves the hallelujah name. People come with all kinds of things. Listen, the fact is this, all right? Every food must be received with thanksgiving. Don't baptize any diet form, hallelujah. It's annoying to my soul. In fact, I'm provoking right now. Could not make it look so righteous. And Christians are the ones circulating it because they think it is godly. There's nothing godly about the diet. I hope you get my point. If you like, call it Jubujubu diet. It's the same thing. There's no godliness in it. This is godly diet. Any food you take, you take with what? Thanksgiving. All right? You do everything in moderation. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to, what I'm bring out is that you see that Christians go into all kinds of diets because they want to make themselves physically fit. They want to make themselves physically healthy. They want to make themselves good. The truth is that those things are inferior. Real life comes from the spirit. Are you getting my point here? So you should go on the real hallelujah diet. You should go on real diet in the realm of the spirit. You should take time out and say, listen, let me feed myself in this particular area. Like I kept on giving Psalm 23 as an example. Take any other portion of the Bible that God has given you revelation concerning and you start eating it. You eat it on a regular basis. You can eat the same thing morning, afternoon, and night. night. Why? It's manna. God didn't vary manna for them. Are you getting my point here? Yes, so you can eat the same thing until you are full of that. Then you move into another thing. And you are eating the same thing. The one that is relevant to your life at that time. If what is upon your heart that is strongest is a matter of divine health, cook up a good salad, you know, a good menu, a good soup on, on divine health. Have it there, like 10 or 20 scriptures that you have synthesized into your local language, the one you speak normally. If you're a pidgin-speaking person, that is what you use for your confession. Don't speak good English when you get there. Nobody will understand you. You understand my point? If not, normally a pidgin with a talk. When you get up in the morning, you say, Ah, all my wahala is there for cross. Are you getting my point? Say it like that. Say it like that. <laughs> if not normal, if it's normal English you speak normally, speak the English. Don't stop, stop all this Hebrew thing. Speaking Greek. Oh, Father, I want to exaggerate the revelation that is concatenated in the scriptures. You will get sicker than before. <laughs> <laughs> you are getting my point? Just take the scriptures. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. By his scourging, by his stripes, by the beating that he was given, I have been healed. The Father has taken what is wrong in me and has applied it to him on the cross. That has been buried. When he rose up again, he rose up in the newness of life, and I rose up with him. The same spirit that gave him life again is working in my mortal body and is giving life to my mother body. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is working in me, giving life to my mortal body. That spirit is making my head healthy, making my neck healthy, healthy, my shoulders, my chest, my stomach, down to my feet. Every part of me is healed by the power of the blood of Jesus. Yeah, not, it's not positive confession. This is a declaration of the word of God. I mean, how long does it take to eat breakfast normally? If you're like me, it's five minutes. For some people, they sit down to eat breakfast, so it's 15 minutes. Do that in the morning, 10 minutes. Snack time, do it again. 
Lunch time, you do it again. Dinner time, do it again. You feed yourself so that you are not spiritually malnourished. We put a lot of energy into feeding our bodies. We have all kinds of diets. That's why I sat down that hallelujah thing. All kinds of diets. But we don't use the same energy to bring that diet experience into the realm of the spirit. If we do, life will actually begin to manifest in us. That's what I'm talking about. Are you getting my point here? So I said, I want to share something. Now, let me review for a minute what we said last time. And that's the fact that, remember I said we are creating a habit. I want us to be convinced of a prayer habit that does not focus on the devil. I want us to be convinced of the prayer habit that does not focus on enemies. Last time I spent time explaining that, listen, what delays answers to the, um, to the prayers of Christians is not Satan. It's not even the prince of Persia. I hope you're getting my point here. It is not the prince of Persia in himself that hindered the answer to the prayer of um, Daniel. Even though, all right, look at it on the surface, it appears like that. And I'm saying again, it is not those things that hinder the answers to our prayers as believers. Let's bear in mind. You know, I said, but the Bible says the prince of Persia with who withstood me. That angel was speaking to Daniel. But we have exp- explained it again. That why did it take the Lord three weeks to release Michael? That's what you, you should focus on. And that is one. Then number two, you will realize that Daniel did not directly address that prince of Persia. He did not know about him until the angel came and explained the delay. So the Christians shouldn't think they will be have been able to rebuke the prince of Persia so that they can get him. And many times we focus our prayers on those kind of um, uh, in, in that kind of direction, trying to attack devil. The devil disturbing my answer. The devil doing this. The enemies. As I begin to pray, every force holding back my destiny die by fire. Are you getting my point? The people start start praying prayers that are supposed to kill enemies. Now, we've established that that doesn't work. That is not Christian prayer. That is not the way it's supposed to be. The devil in himself cannot withstand, withhold your prayers, the answers. He can't. He doesn't have the power. The only thing that can create a hindrance is inside you. God has explained, I can't start teaching that in details now, right? Otherwise, we'll be saying the same things again and again and again. Just want to summarize. It is you, something inside you, something in your environment that strengthens the hands of those spirits that withhold. And there's something you will do. Make corrections that will release Michael to go and knock them out of the way. That is just the way it is. You cannot sit down and start focusing on those so-called evil spirits to release. No, you can't do that. And that's why you do not find anywhere in the New Testament or even the Old Testament that people prayed like that. The prayers of people were always focused on their relationship with their God, period. That's it. You make your request to God. You repent to your God. When it comes to the devil, what you do is to resist him. Steadfast in your faith. What is that resisting? The, the devil only tries to tempt. So your resisting is to resist the temptation. That's what I'm going to emphasize. You resist the temptation of the devil. It is not as if you start fighting him over what belongs to you. No. Concerning what belongs to you, you lift up the word of God. Period. 
concerning what belongs to you, you lift up the word of God. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. What you do to the devil is to resist his temptations. To resist his deception. Like I said the other time, that if he starts telling you that, has God really said that healing belongs to the people of God? Those are the kind of things he does. When he undermines faith, God's power cannot be released. The devil cannot say, I will take your health. He doesn't have that power. Let's get it clear. He doesn't have it. What he can do is to come to you and say, has God really said by his stripes you have been healed? And you will say, yes, he said so. He said, then why are you having a headache? Are you getting my point? Then you now say, eh, okay, maybe this, the healing, like I've read books like that. It's not about physical healing. It's about spiritual healing. Satan will say, good. That's what I thought too. Why were you believing for physical healing? He said, I don't know. So just manage your headache. In the by and by, when you, after resurrection, you will be totally well. Is that not enough for you? Say, yes, say, just join Jehovah's Witnesses. You will have peace. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that when Jesus comes back, that all those things will be sorted out. They now say that, ah, as a child of God, I should have abundance. They say, ah, is that not worldliness? Did God really say you will prosper like that? And being good health, the world prosper does not mean money. It means you'll be happy. Are you not happy in your poverty? Say, I'm happy. Just manage it. Don't believe God for anything better. And then you say, it is true. He says, just stay there. Stay there. Sing after after me. This world is not my home. (laughs) I'm just passing through. My treasures are all laid up somewhere beyond the, is it beyond the moon? Beyond the skies, the angels beckon me. Just die sharp and come and meet it. That's what they say now. They're not going to glorify lack and poverty. And Satan is happy. They now sit down and say, when they say we need to preach the gospel, people should give offering to the gospel. These pastors are always looking for money. You know your problem. It's not the pastors. It's that you don't have to give. That's the truth. That's all Satan can do. Scatter your doctrine for you. And once your doctrine is wrong, your faith is weak. Once your doctrine is compromised, your faith is weak. But Satan cannot come and say, hey, I am going to take your money. I am going to ruin your business. He doesn't have that power. That's what I'm emphasize. He doesn't have that power. Look, he doesn't have it. It is not within him to make those decisions. He does, it's not within him to make such statements and stand by them. All he does is try to scare the people of God. He uses the physical things around to try and scare us, to try and change our minds. You sit down, listen, if you don't have good understanding of spiritual things, keep away from television. And please, one thing I'm going to tell you, and I'm joking about it, I don't think you should be reading all those funny opinions in the newspapers. As you know I, re- I, I read news a lot. I watch news a lot. I'm careful to ignore all those back column, back page, back this, back that, front this, middle column, editor's opinion. I don't read them. Out of a hundred I come across, maybe I read half. When I start in the first line, who are you to be instructing me? Give me the news and go away. Even the news self. Hmm. We have to be careful. News can change. 
The way they need to take change. Did I tell you this gist here? One of my friends sent me a picture. And they showed a fish. Okay. With either a boa constrictor or a python picking up a fish hanging by a tree. Managed to get that fish. He said the way the reporters will report it. A brave snake rescues fish from drowning. You will have finished reading before you realize that, excuse me, fish drowning? Meanwhile, the snake, they work. So even the news, I'm careful. How much more opinions? They will settle down and persuade you that there's economic recession. And you swallow it. And you start making excuses for everything that's going wrong. I told the one brother told me the other day that they said recession. He told me himself, no, it is not recession for me. He said last month, the month before this October, uh, September, there is never had business as much as that all his life. Look, I thought about it. I wish I could settle down. God gives me the opportunity. Let me talk to the men who are ruling. One thing I want to tell them is that one of the major problems in Nigeria of today, in Africa, not Nigeria, is that we have been unconsciously taught that wealth is measured in U.S. dollars. Now, without realizing it, that has crippled all our economies and made them dependent upon what Europeans and Americans are doing. I don't want to go into it. I just realized that, do you know, for America to pull itself out of recession, you know what it did? It printed dollars. They called it quantitative easing. Every quarter, they will print maybe like, I've forgotten, maybe $100 billion. Print. I'm not saying, you know, the one they wish to laugh at um, Uganda and Zimbabwe. They will print it. Print it every quarter. QE1. QE2, QE3, it looks like fantastic economics. Do it in Nigeria, they tell you inflation will kill you. Meanwhile, inflation did not touch them in America. They stopped it just a few quarters ago. Why? Because they taught the whole world that wealth is measured in U.S. dollars. Before, the world measured wealth in gold. But now, the world measures wealth in U.S. dollars. So they will sit down over there and print it. And we'll start fighting for it. Then when there's a reduction in the supplies of U.S. dollars, or the way by which we get it, they say we're in recession. And the one of us say, yes, we're in recession. Believe me, I, have, I don't have time to explain it. In fact, I won't bother. Because I, need, I will need to explain and explain. I found out that, listen, Nigeria can pull itself out of recession in six months. Yes. In fact, I think we can do it quicker than six months. I'm not kidding about it. I am convinced beyond reasonable doubt. But no, they la- oh, don't worry. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> the truth is that it's a spiritual law anyway, so let me leave it. Spiritually, we are held in bondage. That's it. And Christians need to know how to break out of that bondage. The, the reason is it's not because of determination, but because actually the power of Christ is with us to break us out of the bondage. Look, the point I'm making is this. All Satan can do is persuade you. You are in recession. Everything goes into recession. That's it. That's all, it, that's all Satan can do. And just by the way, let's not blame government. I need to say that. The problem does not start with the government. The problem, physically speaking, starts with the whole populace. 
but the whole populace can never be called together to come to an agreement on how to solve a problem. It's not possible. So how do we solve it? The people of God. God says if they change their mindset, change their orientation, change the way they think and approach life, things will, it will affect the environment and they will be delivered from bondage. I've said all of that to emphasize the fact that, listen, Satan cannot determine to stop you. He can't. He can only tempt. What it does is to tempt. And one of the major temptations is the, tempt, is the power of deception. Because when he says, as God really said, it's only when he finishes deceiving people that they begin to fall for iniquity. Are you getting my point? Yes, he puts it before you. If you don't get this certificate, you know your own is finished. When you believe it, one stupid, unbelieving lecturer will hold you to ransom as a young girl on campus because you think your life depends on a certificate. That's where temptation starts from. It's from focus, wrong focus. That's where it starts from. If I don't get this certificate, I'm done. I've been in this school for five years. My father will say I'm a failure. I will not be able to get a job. And one man is holding it. <laughs> if you look at him and laugh, the guy will change his mind. And when he says laugh, you mean laugh. When he says, see me by tomorrow, let's talk about this. You don't come. One week later, I say, sir, sorry, what? You were not around last week. I said, you should come. I had to travel. You don't want to graduate? Eventually, I will graduate. Where a girl will get to, we'll still get there. Sir, what are you talking about? What am I going to talk about with you, sir? More than the fact that I should read my book, do my assignments, pass my exam. If you fail me unjustly, it's between you and God. Where I'm going to get to, nobody can stop it. If you have that mindset, nobody can be tempting you recklessly. On what? On, <laughs> are you getting my point here? It's wrong mindsets that make people fall for temptations. Wrong thoughts. That's what I say. That, that's what I say. that will come and say, oh girl, you don't get the certificate. The bank won't employ you. The oil company won't employ you. Federal government won't employ you. Nobody will employ you. See, your own is finished. He did, he, he, you will forget to notice that he said, employ, 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 employ. He said, do I look like I'm looking for employment? Listen, I can see prosper. Once you have that mindset, every man will leave you alone. What am I going to say? So that's what Satan does. Deceive people. Tempt them. Then when we can resist him in those two areas, he has lost entirely. My focus, that is what I'm going to emphasize on is, Please, don't believe for a moment that you need to be fighting the devil in prayer. Satan, leave my goods. You won't take them. He knows he can't. The Lord is good. So I want to re recommend again for everybody, please go and listen to that our series, God-Centered Praying. It's very important. God-Centered Praying. Let us not center our prayers on Satan. Now, let me, you know, I've been saying I want to say something, right? Apostle. I think there's something I, I want to share to convince everybody not to pray worrying about wish or <laughs> about witches or witch doctors, enemies, enchanters, let's use a new word, sorcerers, who cast spells. You know, you know why I just want to share this. I found out that all of them gathered, all the witches. Sorcerers, powerful juju men, and agreed and left a testimony for us that we shouldn't bother about them, that they don't bother about us. Do you know this in your Bible? <laughs> now, I, I don't need their testimony actually. I have enough scripture. 
except that God saw it fit to add that one. And the moment I've discovered it, it's something we have discussed before, just as a new way I saw it again. Because of the new way I saw it, I said, let me just share it. If you have your Bible with you, quickly, Numbers chapter 23, the story of Balaam. You know the interesting thing about it? Every man knows his level if they are the realm of the spirit. There's a story I told here a number of times. One of these Bini princes, not a small boy, all right? When I heard him say this, it was about 20 years ago. He was about 70 years old. Then, he was not a small boy. One of the princes of Benin. He grew up in the occult. And then one day, the Lord manifested to him. He was giving this testimony at a full gospel businessmen's dinner. That was an outreach, so I was invited. One of my friends invited me. But what I want to bring out is that he said, having grown up in the occult, one night he got woken up by somebody he couldn't see. And the person told him to enter into his room where he packed all the gods and the juju he used to do. And he obeyed diligently. And he was instructed to go and throw everything into the river around 4 a.m. by that time. By the time he finally got to the river place. It's his testimony I want to say. He said, if you have been in the occult, you will know when a power bigger than you is talking to you. That's why I'm repeating that. He didn't see anybody, but he knew that this fellow is more powerful than me. Of course, it turned out to be the Lord Jesus. It took him six months to find out who it was. Oh, yes. After I cast away all his idols, cast away all his gods, the person left him alone. And that was what worried him more. You, that has, that has done this to me now, you've left me naked. That's what he said. You left me exposed. It was six months later, where he stumbled into where they were preaching. This is the person who took away all my gods, who took away all my idols. And he found out that it is because he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and the God above all gods. So that's why he was testifying of it. He didn't come complaining that your Jesus robbed me. No. He came to testify that as an old man, I finally met Jesus. Bigger than all the gods I was serving. I finally met Jesus. The maker of the heaven, all right, the heavens and the earth. I finally met him, and he was testifying. But what I bring from his testimony is that he said, when you have been in the occult, you will know when a power bigger than you is talking to you. And that's what I want to refer to again. It's those who don't understand. I want Christians to know, Satan knows his limits. The devil knows his limits. We are the, is the pastors that are, wrong, that are wrongly representing him. They are campaigning for him. Instead of magnifying the Lord, they are magnifying the devil. Magnify Satan with me. That's what they are doing. They make it look like... I mean, you ask, how are they doing that? They make it look like it's somebody you have to fight. Morning, afternoon, and night. It's somebody that you have to wrestle with. Go and read your scriptures. Men wrestled with God. They didn't wrestle with the devil. They wrestled with God. That was what happened to them. Their flesh was getting in the way. It, those are the things they had to conquer. They never had to conquer the devil. They had to conquer the flesh so as to submit to God. 
they had to conquer their own their strongholds in their hearts so as to submit to God. They never had to wrestle with the devil. The devil knows his limits. There was a time God asked him, how about my servant Job? He told God, I don't go near. Why? I'm aware of what you have done for him. Please, I hope you are following me. Please stop praying as if he's the problem you have. The only problem you have with the devil is the, is the problem of the flesh. Temptations. Falling for sin. That's all. The devil says, I won't get a job. He cannot say it. Stop testifying. The devil now came to me. And he said, I won't get a job. And when I began to fight, I get the gun. And I went on a three-day fast because the devil said you won't get a job. If the devil said you won't get a job, you should laugh. So are you the one handing out jobs? Did I apply from you? I came to you to apply for a job. Like the illustration I gave, I don't know, was he here or was I when I was teaching? I said, you can as powerful. Yes, it was in, I remember, was it, okay, it was in Warri when I was teaching. I remember that I used the Delta State Governor as an example. I said, as powerful as the state governor is, assuming I'm a gate man, I'm a level one officer in federal ministry of works. And the governor of this state comes to me, we have an argument one day, say, you will not get your salary this month. Am I going to go and pray? Think about it. The state governor, the most powerful individual in the state, says to me, standing on the grounds of his state, that I will not get my salary and I'm a level one lowest ranking officer in my establishment. And Satan says to me, you will not get your salary this month. Sorry, the, the, the governor says, you won't get the salary this month. Will I pray? No. Will I worry? If I worry, you will say, why are you worried? Do you know, what, does, what does he know? For those who don't know, why should you worry? It, why, why should you not worry? You wouldn't worry because he doesn't pay your salaries. These days for federal government, it's called IPPIS. At the end of the month, from Federal Ministry of Finance, from Central Bank, whatever it is, your salary moves shoom, into your account, and they never ask the governor of your state. In fact, you should ask the governor, have you paid those who you are paying? <laughs> because in Nigeria of today, we know now, many governors are coming to Abuja to beg, please bail out, just lend us money until the economic, uh, economy improves. Federal government doesn't need that. Normally pays on time. So even though in life I rank very low, I'm level one, but I work for the federal ministry. And the other man is very high. He's the top of the food chain in the state. But because he's not in charge of my wages, the banks don't ask his approval before they pay me. The federal government disburses my money straight into my account. If he stands in front of me and says, you will not get your salary this month, I will be a fool to worry about over it. I just say, yes, sir. Don't worry, sir. It's okay. In my mind, I'm sure he does not know I don't work for the state. That's what you'll be thinking. Out of respect, don't want to answer him. You'll just be thinking that, the man does not know I'm a federal civil servant. <laughs> and his office says, your excellency, don't be angry, sir. Inside your mind. So he will soon find out. So when the devil comes and says, 
You will not get this. You ask, are you the one giving it? You, some preachers will actually go and be t- t- testifying. There was a young girl. The auntie said she would never marry. He didn't ask, is the auntie the one sharing out husbands? I mean, I'm a child of God. I get my things from God the Father. So why should I worry when somebody who doesn't have any control over it is threatening? Haba. Oh. In Christ Jesus, we are free. Please. Ah, this is so strong on my mind today. Forget this fighting of the devil when you are praying. It's wasting your prayer time. I have noticed in recent times that one of the major things Satan uses as, you know, look, I told you that before, you know, Christians, is this a sin? Is this not a sin? Our own things are a bit more complicated than that. Sometimes, one of the things that Satan uses, all right, to deny, of, deny us of our inheritance is not what you and I will call over sin. Many of the times, you know what it is? It's waste of time. What did I call it? I didn't hear you well. That's one major one Satan uses. I'll give you a few examples. You sit down a whole day discussing Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Is it a sin? Okay, good. Somebody even said yes. Somebody said, most people said no. Yes, you are right. It is, it is not a sin. It is also a sin. It depends on how you want to look at it. But one thing we all know is that it's a waste of time. The other day I meditated about it and I believe what the Holy Spirit that gave me an understanding. I said, this one was sitting down talking about people. Holy Spirit, is it called by biting? No. The Lord said, no, it's not. Sometimes, I mean, if I'm talking about Ronaldo, am I backbiting? If I talk about Moreno, am I backbiting? So why do you think if I talk about you, it's backbiting? Maybe because you're important. Are you seeing what I'm saying? See, I've, I've confused that doctrine now. Okay, I talk about Dangote. Am I backbiting? Answer me now. You are not sure. Apostle is confused. Like, what do I say on radio? <laughs> when they ask me this kind of question next time. I talk about Buhari. It's not backbiting. It's our head of state. Once you're a public figure, people will talk about you. So you see, it's not the same many times when we are talking about people, depending on the circumstances, of course, you understand. But you know, what the Holy Spirit helped me understand that day when I was praying about it was this. That the time you are spending talking about individuals is the time the Lord had ordained for you to talk about Christ. The more you talk about him, the more he's magnified. The more he's magnified in your life, the more his power is released into your system. Remember what we read before in Numbers chapter 21. When they look at him persistently, give me the words, attentively, with a steady and absorbing gaze, that's when they are healed. But when you look at Buhari steadfastly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, you are confused. You look at Moreno steadfastly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, you are more confused. You turn around, you look at Dangote with a steady and absorbing gaze, you don't even know what's going on. Is it a problem? The sickness remains. The confusion remains. This morning, was it early this morning, my wife and I were talking about something. It involves some people. She said, I beg, let me talk about things that I define. Whatever things are just and of good report, let's talk about these things. Can you see what I'm saying? I said, we, we need to talk more about Christ Jesus. We talk too much about what the devil is doing. I told you, my friend in Sokoto, Pastor Courage, he, he hates describing Islamic agenda. It annoys him. He said, let's describe what God is doing. That let them be talking about the Christian agenda. 
Why do Christians gather and be talking about the Islamic agenda? So forget whether backbiting is a sin. You are, che- you, are, you are cheating yourself. So that's why when you sit down for hours analyzing your, your FR cup, you won't be rich in life. As you can see that, you are reducing your ability to make money and prosper. When of course, I got an email from DSTV. I'll soon remove those people out of my life. <laughs> Big Brother Africa is back. Many of you may have gotten the email. May God destroy Big Brother Africa. And the institution that's keeping it up. May all of them suffer. Mm. In case you are watching them, that applies to you too. Our television will spoil in Jesus' name. The decoder go blow. And for those of you men who sneak to watch when your wife is sleeping, may she catch you. May okay with the salt set to the quarrel. <laughs> the Lord is good. Adults be watching Big Brother Africa. You have a spiritual problem. See me after for deliverance. My deliverance is with belt. These are things people do and they hinder their own spiritual power. Faith is a spiritual substance. We've described it before. That's where it leaks. That's where it leaks. That's where it leaks. You should never be found visiting a gossip website. What are you talking about? Anything that's not magnifying Christ in your life, keep away. Friends that are not magnifying Christ, keep away. I said you should open somewhere. Yes, Numbers 23. I said all the witches, the Ogbanje spirits, the spirit husbands, the spirit wives, the mommy water spirit. Which other one now? Apostle. You, you delivered them before now. The near success spirits. The spirit of Nkubus, Sukubus, and Asmondius. <laughs> All the, the, the Dibias and the Babalaos in the village. They gathered and sent a representative. Now, why did I say this man is a representative? I'll tell you. The man's name is Balaam. Let's talk about Balaam for a moment. Now, please, I want, to, I want you to see something about Balaam. Go down to Numbers chapter 22. I want to read something here. We are going to pray. I'm just doing all this preamble talking so that we can pray properly. And if we don't get there today, there's always next time. Um... We know the story of Balaam, right? Most of us. For those who don't know, Balaam. Okay, let's talk. Let's give a background. Who was Balaam? Most of us call him a prophet. Did the Bible ever call him a prophet? We just grew up assuming he was a prophet. And why we assume the man was a prophet is simply because God used to speak to him. Yeah. It's because God used to speak to Balaam. We assume, therefore, so I just want to check something quickly. I just want to see how the Bible described him here. The Bible said in verse 5, Balak sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Pethor, who was near the river, 
in the land of the sons of his people to call him, saying, Behold, a people came out of Egypt. Behold, they covered the surface of the land, and they are living opposite me. Now, I just want to see something here. 